0: This is Adventist World Radio, broadcasting in English from Pune. Hello and a
1: warm welcome to you as you join us.
0: Today in our program, we bring music from the Melashenko family singers. We have a story for children. Bringing the thought from God's word on the topic, how to overcome temptation. I'm Sharad.
1: And I'm Maureen. And you're listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope for all.
0: Here's a song by the Melashenko family singers, titled, A New Name in Glory.
2: I was once a sinner, but I came, pardon to receive from my Lord. This was freely given, and I found, that He always kept His word. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, oh yes it's mine. And the white robed angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, oh yes it's mine. With my sins forgiven I am bound for heaven. I was humbly kneeling at the cross fearing not but God's angry frown when the heavens open and I I saw that my name was written down, written down, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes it's mine, and the white-robed angels sing the story, a sinner has come home. Has come home. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, nevermore to roam. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven.
1: Heard a song on Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope.
0: Coming up next is a story for children and it will be told to you by our friend Anna. Two trains for Eddie.
3: A big bumblebee buzzed through Eddie's bedroom window and droned noisily till Eddie woke up. Why did you have to waken me so early? He demanded, irritated. Waking up and getting out of bed were always quite a chore for Eddie, even on warm summer mornings. The bumblebee only buzzed for answer and, seeming satisfied that he had done a noble deed, flew back out of the window in search of higher adventure. Eddie counted the squares on the ceiling for a minute or two, but he could not concentrate on it because he had a vague feeling that something unusual was going to happen today. He racked his brains, trying to remember. What was it? What had he been thinking about before he went to sleep? "'Ah!' Now he knew this was August seventeenth, his 11th birthday. Birthdays usually bring presents. What would he get today? He knew what he wanted. He had been longing for it ever since he saw it at Dimok's second-hand store, an electric train. No one had bought the special one he had seen there yet. That is, no one had bought it a week ago. But now he was hoping that someone had bought it. And he wanted that someone to be his dad. He had been wanting an electric train for several years. But trains like that were expensive, as mother and dad had said. He remembered how he had discovered this one. He had been wandering around in the store one afternoon after school, waiting for mother to finish shopping. Then suddenly he stopped short. For in front of him, on a shelf, was a beautiful electric train. It looked just like a new one, but it was second-hand, and the prize had been marked way down. He had been so thrilled he could scarcely wait for Dad to come home that night to tell him about it. Dad had promised to take a look, but he had never said anything more about it. Dad had promised to take a look, but he had never said anything more about it, and Eddie had never been able to bring himself to ask Dad what he thought of it, because he feared Dad might say no. And now, here was August 17. If he were ever going to own the train, it would most likely come today. Shivers of hope tingled through him. And then he thought, What's the use of hoping? I don't want to build my hopes sky high and then have them crash to the ground when the day is over. But there remained just one small bubble of hope in his heart as he threw back the covers and started to dress. Dad was having breakfast when Eddie got downstairs. This would be a good time for him to give me the train, Eddie thought. But there was nothing on the table that looked like a train box. In fact, nothing special at all. And when Eddie peeked down behind the sofa in the front room, there wasn't anything there either. Perhaps Dad had it upstairs in the bedroom and would go up and get it right after eating. But when Dad finished breakfast, He left for work the same way he always did and didn't say a word about Eddie's birthday. It was really very disappointing and Eddie felt all the joy go out of him. Then, to make matters worse, mother forgot to say happy birthday. It was so very sad. The only sign that showed any promise was the I know something that you don't know expression on Mary Lou's face that he saw frequently during the day. Then Dad came home from work. At once everything seemed different. The table was set with Mother's best tablecloth and the cake plate stood in the middle, the cake cover over it. Eddie thought he overheard Mother tell Mary Lou to put some matches under the cake cover while he was on the back porch feeding the dog. And there was a big pasteboard box in the corner of mother's room he noticed as he passed her door. At last came the call for supper. And when they sat down at the table, everyone laughed and started singing. Happy birthday to you. Then Mary Lou skipped off to mother's room and came back, pulling and tugging at the large pasteboard box Eddie had seen in there. It was a train from Demox. Eddie could hardly believe it was true. He didn't know what to say. One second, there was a lump blocking his throat. And the next, he was laughing out loud. But he did manage to say, Thank you, Dad, in between times. And then mother had to do a lot of persuading to get him to eat his birthday supper. Because all he wanted to do was to sit on the floor and set the tracks up and run the train. Many were the happy hours Eddie spent with the train that summer. For the rest of vacation, it took up most of his spare time. He was always proud to show it to his friends and let them take turns running it. But there came a day when the very thought of the train was torture to him. The trouble started when he and Mary Lou went with mother and dad to visit the Blanche home. When Eddie asked the children to bring out their toys so they could play together, they simply replied that they did not have toys except a few old, broken-down ones they had played with for years. He thought of the wonderful train in the big box under his bed. How much these children would enjoy playing with it. After that, there never was complete peace in Eddie's mind, until finally he told mother and dad that he felt he ought to give his beloved train to the Blanche children. It was a hard decision to make, and parting with the train hurt him badly. But he was happy. He knew he had done right. He was careful not to tell anyone outside his own family what he had done. But somehow, word leaked out, as words seemed to have the habit of doing. Soon, all the children in his room at school knew about his act of kindness. One day at morning recess, Tony said to Kent, That was really something. Eddie giving away his electric train? I don't know how he could do it. It meant so much to him and he had waited so long for it. Dale joined them saying, I have an idea. I know a boy who has an electric train for sale. Let's take up a collection in our room and see what we can do about buying his train for Eddie. The children in Eddie's room thought and talked about Dale's idea for several days and finally, Dale went to see the boy who had the train for sale and found that he was willing to sell it for the amount the children offered him. And thus it was that another day came when Eddie opened another box and there was another train. But although he appreciated the kindness of his schoolmates, no satisfaction was so great as that which he felt when he gave away the thing he loved best in all the world to make someone else happy.
1: We would like to
3: thank Anna
1: for joining us. We are sure you enjoyed the story.
0: Keep listening to Adventist World Radio for more stories.
1: If you wish to know more about our program, do write to us at
0: Adventist World Radio, post box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India.
1: Another number from the Meloshenko family singers it's Wonderful Savior.
2: I have started out to follow Jesus Every day, every hour I want to be Just a little more like my blessed Jesus He means more than all the world to me Oh, wonderful, wonderful is Jesus Gave His life on cruel Calvary. He'll be there when I start to cross the Jordan. What a wonderful Savior is He. In His footsteps I will always follow. In His ever-gracious presence I would Storms of life may rage, my Lord will guide me. What a kind and faithful Savior is he! Oh, wonderful, wonderful is Jesus! He gave his life on cruel Calvary. He'll be there when I start to cross the Jordan. What a wonderful Savior is he. What a kind and faithful Savior is he. Wonderful.
1: Time now for Bible Talk. Join our hosts Gary Gibson and John Bradshaw, speakers for Amazing Facts Ministry, as they now open the Bible and discuss the theme that will affect your life today. Stay tuned; the next fifteen minutes will deepen your understanding of God's Word.
4: Hi, and welcome to Bible Talk, where we talk about the Bible and how the Bible affects us today. I'm John Bradshaw. With me is Gary Gibbs. Hi there, Gary. Hi, John. Have you been tempted today? Have I been tempted today? Yes. Man, I think you and I both know there's not a day that goes by where a person is not tempted.
5: Uh, every, everybody's tempted, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm thinking so. How do you get outside of the reach of temptation? Well, then I think our listeners are going to be able to identify with what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to overcome temptation. Very important, considering that all of us meet with temptation
4: on a daily basis, an hourly basis. Sometimes a moment-by-moment basis, depending on the situation we find ourselves in. How do you overcome it? Hey, before we go any further with this, maybe we we better uh, draw up some definitions here. Temptation and sin,
5: are they the same thing or are they different things? Well, you know, the Bible actually says they're two different things. You can't live in this world without being tempted. And just because a thought crosses your mind or something appeals to you, you can't help that. I mean, you can't totally control... What uh, what you see all the time, you know, you might not go to certain places to see certain things, you might not read certain types of books, but you're driving down the road and there's something that's, that comes across your eyeballs, you're going to be tempted by. Sure,
4: and thoughts that just enter your head, you've had that experience where something just pops in there from out of nowhere. It might have something to do with your past or something that happened recently mm-hmm. or just the devil at work. Right. Hey, Let me read from James 1. I want to set some minds at rest here and draw up some uh, boundaries on this discussion. James 1 verse 14 says that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You put a bottle of beer in front of me, man, I'm not tempted. I've, that's, that's way in the past. It's gone. God's given me the mm-hmm. victory.
5: Something else in front of me, maybe that's a temptation. Well, t- tell me about what would tempt you, and I won't tell anybody else. No, you don't have to do that, John. Thank you. Thank you for letting me off the hook here. James 1.14, every man is tempted
4: when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now, that's temptation, okay? When that temptation comes and there's some drawing and there's some enticement, mm-hmm. temptation. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So it isn't the temptation that's the sin. It's what you do with that temptation. When the thing is conceived, then sin takes place. But when temptation comes, if you bat that away, if Jesus would defend you from that temptation, if the boundary around your heart has been erected and fortified, it doesn't have to get, and it doesn't have to drag you down. Temptation and sin, two different things. I, I, I don't want to tell you it's a it's a good old thing to be tempted. You know the Lord's Prayer. We pray, "Lead us not into temptation." Mm-hmm. But when temptation comes, that and sin are two different things, and it's very important to understand that.
5: I think this is a good time to remind our listeners that we have a free offer for them today, a little booklet called, Is It a Sin to be Tempted? And we're going to give a phone number here in a few minutes and an address. And if you'd like to get this free offer, you can call, you can write us and get, Is It a Sin to be Tempted? An excellent practical book about sin and temptation and how to overcome it. I want to
4: share something with you from, again, James 1. Actually, this is a radical idea, a radical idea. You're going through life and devil's bombarding you, you know, and there's temptations coming at you from every angle and you feel like the meat in a sandwich sometimes caught between temptation here and temptation there. But you know what James writes in James chapter one? He says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. What are you supposed to celebrate because you've been tempted? Well, James says it's it's something that you can consider to be joy. Why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Temptation is ultimately going to strengthen you. It's like going to the gym and working out. I mean, you're putting your, your muscles, your body under some stress, but that causes strength to develop, you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm not at all suggesting you ought to go out of your way to find temptation, mm-hmm. and, and it's really a great thing because you're you're being stretched and torn and and so on. But when temptation comes and we resist it in the strength of Jesus Christ, this is going to put the meat on our spiritual bones.
5: It really will. Let's let's get real practical here. All right, let's talk about somebody that has a uh, a particular temptation let's say a propensity a drawing to losing their temper you know somebody pulls out in front of them they just lose it they got to shout they got to hit the horn they got to yell a uh, a coworker doesn't do their job right they got to yell at them they got to be berating a child does something wrong they got to yell at the child you know nobody feels good after they do that their no. blood pressure's up they realize they've embarrassed themselves they've hurt someone else and if they're a christian they realize they have They have stained the name of Christ. They want victory over that. How do they get that?
4: Well, the first thing I'm going to say is there's power in the Word of God. You get Jesus in you. You get the Word in you. You're going to have power there now that you didn't have before. I'm not suggesting this is the entire answer. It can be, Mm -hmm. but for many of us, because this sin is so ingrained, it's so entrenched in us, it's not the entire answer. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to suggest: You go to the Word of. First, you pray pray and tell God you, you have to have the victory, you want the victory, and that you're not going to get it without Him, and, and, and He's got to come into your heart and give you this victory. Mm-hmm. Then go, huh? that,
5: let, let me interrupt you here. That's those uh, four promises we covered in a previous program on Bible Talk. We talked about victory is a gift, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Right, And then was Matthew 7, verse 11, that we can ask God for the victory. And so if we do that, if we do those two things and then we believe, First John 5, we believe that he gives it to us, then we're going to get that gift.
4: That's right. I think the fourth promise was reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. Really consider you're dead to it. Mm-hmm. This is going to come. Go to the Word and get some verses and put them in your mm-hmm. head. If your, your problem is anger, uh, be angry and sin not. Mm-hmm. Go, go meditate on that. Commit it to memory. Um, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Put these things to memory mm-hmm. so that when the temptation comes, the word is going to be present. Jesus met the devil with the word. Jesus was sorely tempted in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. It is written, man shall not live by bread load. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He met the devil with the word. If, if,
5: if that's how Jesus did it, that's how we ought to do it. And the word of God, the scripture, Paul describes it as a two-edged sword. You know, you fight back the devil with the sword. This is right. When you look at
4: the armor of God, a lot of that armor is uh, defensive. Mm-hmm. Shield is for defense, right? Uh, the, the belt and, and, and breastplate, that's defense. Man, the sword is offense. You go on the attack against the devil with the sword of the word of God, you can, you can do some damage to his kingdom, you know. He used to own you. Now he doesn't. The The, the sword of the word of God has fought back. And done some real damage to the, the kingdom of the
5: devil. So we start to overcome temptation by, number one, recognizing temptation itself is not sin. Correct. And our listeners need to call the number we're going to give shortly and get our free offer today. Is it a sin to be tempted? That's a must-have. You need that. We want to give that to you. So we recognize that as a fact. But number two, you were saying we get the Word of God into us. And we claim the promises for victory. What do we do next? What are some practical things we can do next?
4: Well, let's say your uh, your problem is Anger. This could be a complex one. I mean, honestly, some people may need counseling to work through some deep seated issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say then uh, the the, the problem is, uh, I don't know, drinking, okay? Well, man, first don't go to the bar, right? Mm -hmm. Don't go Mm -hmm. there, go somewhere else. Um, Again, you're not going to be able to do this in your own strength. Jesus is guiding you. But you go home and you've got that well stocked liquor cabinet. Oh, it's time to take that liquor to the bathroom and make an offering of it, right? pour it out down the toilet or someplace, get rid of it. If, you, if your temptation is cigarettes, you've got to get rid of those things. Some things you just don't want around your house. You're prone to having dirty thoughts. You've got to go to that video pile in the corner of your living room and go and d- take a big old trash bag haul some of that out to the curb and get rid of it because this is just dragging you down and you've got to dispense with these things that are making it virtually impossible for you to have a
5: clean mind, a clean mouth or whatever. The Bible talks about that in Romans 13 verse 14. The apostle Paul says, "Put you not put you on, excuse me, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Yeah. In other words, you don't you don't say, well, I'll keep the alcohol around just in case I can't overcome. I don't keep the cigarettes around thinking, well, just in case I don't overcome. If you've asked God for the victory, you've claimed it, you believed it, and you have now died to that sin, you need to clean out the dead man's goods. You need to get rid of his alcohol, you need to get rid of his tobacco, his pornography, whatever it is, if it's a sin of the flesh that facilitates Uh, uh, You know doing these things You need to get rid of it There's no question That if you're sitting
4: up All night long Watching foolishness On cable television Call the cable provider Get the thing cut off If you're having problems With what you look at online I mean you've got to go To the word You've got to wrestle With God in prayer You've got to plea For the presence of God But it's time to bring The uh, computer out Into the family living room Where everyone can see it Where your wife Or your husband Or your kids Can look over your shoulder Or If that's not going to be good enough, cancel your uh, internet connection, right? It's better off to be without that than to be bringing the temptation that you just can't handle into your life. And then maybe when the Lord has really given you the victory, it's time to get that back. Uh, who, who knows how that will work out?
5: I think this is a real practical thing that you're mentioning here. And we're talking about accountability here. You That's know, sometimes, right. you know, we do things that we're not going to overcome on our own. Uh, even in, in our faith moments where we're claiming the victory, we need the fellowship of believers around us to help us with this, to hold us accountable, to pray to us. And those works of darkness that we do in secret, we need to bring them out into the light. Yes, I? that's right. Now, hey, I talked about things that you can get rid of,
4: the internet connection, the TV and so on. But what if your problem is gossip? What if you've got a sharp tongue? What if you you harbor envy and so forth? How, Gary, how
5: do we get to the, the, the really the heart of something. You know, I want to answer that, but I I want to give a text here for this accountability, because a lot of people think, well, no, I can't. I don't need to do that. I don't need the fellowship of believers. But think about what James says in James 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I have prayed and others have prayed for somebody trying to overcome tobacco who couldn't overcome it any other way. And we have watched that healing because this person came to their friends and said, I can't do this on my own. I need your prayers as well.
4: That accountability is powerful. Maybe a buddy system, someone who's going to help you out, Mm -hmm. Uh, a support group type thing of a spiritual nature where people can bring you and that difficulty to the Lord.
5: It's like the the lame man who was let down through the uh, roof. To Jesus to heal. Jesus does the healing. Jesus gives the victory. But sometimes our friends need to help us and bring us to Christ. Now back to this idea of your problem is something in the heart. You know what Jesus wants to
4: do for all of us is give us a new heart. Don't be conformed to the world. Be
5: transformed by the renewing of your mind, and if we'll confess those things, whether it's gossip or these things, and we'll talk to friends about it, Jesus will help us process it. Why do we do those things? And then we'll confess the deeper root causes, and we'll find freedom, and we'll find victory in Christ. There is victory in Christ. You've got to get our free offer.
4: Is it a sin to be tempted? We want you to have that. We want you to come to Jesus and bring your temptations and bring your struggles and your stresses and your your hang-ups and your failures. There's no failure in Jesus. He said, without me, you can do nothing. The Bible also says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to spending more time with you next time. With Gary Gibbs, I'm John Bradshaw. This has been Bible Talk.
1: We believe you are enjoying the program. Bible Talk was presented to you through the courtesy of Live Talk Radio.
0: You are listening to The Voice of Hope from Pune, India.
1: We are sure you found our program interesting and beneficial. You may have questions regarding God's Word. We invite you to write to us.
0: Our address is Adventist World Radio, post box number 17, Pune, 411001, Maharashtra, India.
1: That's Adventist World Radio, post box number 17, Pune 411001 Maharashtra, India With this, we come to the end of our program
0: Be sure to tune in again I'm Sharad
1: And I'm Maureen Signing off from Adventist World Radio Until then, may you have good health And enjoy all the blessings of our loving God Goodbye